0: Welcome to Blunt Blown Mama podcast. I'm your host, Shanitria, and this is a podcast about all things cannabis and parenthood. Yep, I'm a mom. I got two kids. I'm 31 years old and I got a man. We've been together for over eight years and I decided I'm going to do a podcast and I'm just going to talk all about weed and being a mom. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Let's just get into it. Welcome to season two of Blunt Born Mama podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome back. I have a special guest for you guys. So I haven't really been talking to many people in the beauty space of cannabis, but they're out there. And there are some amazing beauty products that you guys should know about. And this is one of them. I actually discovered the brand. How do you pronounce this? is it Kiss Canal? Kiss Canoe. Kiss Canoe. Okay. <laughs> Don't want to mispronounce <laughs> no, anything. Kiss Canoe is it. amazing. I got one of the face oils in a goodie bag at Kira Faye's Mama Stay event in LA. And I was just like, uh. Eh. I don't really do face things, Eh, but okay, it's CBD, sure. So I tried it and I was just like, whoa, okay, where, who, who is this? What?" (laughs) And I had to find out more, also had to go buy more. So um, without, you know, I'm hyping her up and I'm hyping up the brand, but it's really like, believe the hype guys. So um, I'll throw to the founder of this awesome brand so she can introduce herself and say hi to you guys.
1: Hi, thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here chatting with you today. I am Gretchen. I am the founder, owner, and CEO at Kiskanoo. We are a CBD and THC beauty wellness brand uh, located in Humboldt County, California, where we Make everything ourselves up here with our team. We are licensed in California for cultivation of cannabis, distribution, manufacturing, and we are opening our first retail store in Eureka. It will be our flagship store uh, dispensary so we can sell cannabis there, which is awesome. Um, We are opening that next month. Hopefully if all goes as planned. (laughs) So yeah, we're vertically integrated in cannabis. And then we, in the last two years have launched our CBD hemp line
0: that we can ship everywhere. So we're really excited about that too. That's really awesome. So I didn't even know you guys were opening a, an actual store. That's exciting. I know. We are very excited about it. <laughs> okay, so definitely want to talk about that. Let's just start with talking about you. So I would love to hear more about your relationship with cannabis and just your upbringing and just your family. Like, what do they think about you working in cannabis? <laughs> and like, sure. you have kids, so like, how old are your kids? Yeah. And And you do this with your husband, right?
1: I do. We started this company together. We have both been cultivating cannabis and involved with cannabis for over 20 years. It had a lot to do with bringing us together. And uh, yeah, I grew up in Ohio in the cornfields in Amish country and with a Christian upbringing, so um, my parents were pretty not super conservative, but definitely religious. So um, I discovered cannabis in it was about my junior year in high school. I was dating someone who was in college, and I went up to hang out at college with him, and we went for a walk in the woods, and we smoked some weed, and I didn't really feel anything and I was like wow like what's all the hype and why is it so anti I thought like I would be like seeing things and not able to function you know <laughs> like just say no like it's so bad yeah. <laughs> so I didn't really feel that much the first time because I think I was expecting like this whole mm-hmm. alter ego like complete change of mindset so I was like okay right. that was not as like intense as I thought it would be and I smoked again but later I think probably the same day we did it again and I just remember walking through the woods and be like wow the leaves and just noticing like little details like stopping and smelling the roses essentially and I was like wow I feel really amazing and I probably have smoked cannabis every day since then, and so <laughs> I was a lifetime convert. I guess alcohols never really treated my body good. I never really drank that much. I'll have a drink here and there, but uh, cannabis has always just been my go-to. It, I smoked it through college and graduated with honors, and. Four years. It definitely didn't affect my life negatively. I think it helped me de stress and focus. I was using it as recreationally, I guess, not knowing that it was probably helping with anxiety and stress and things like that that you deal with in college. So, yeah, I just really fell in love with the plant. In college, I was around it a lot. Our friends had it around a lot and just constantly surrounded by the plant. And it was really a part of our culture. And it led me to, I guess, some musical bands. And I, in, let's see, my freshman year in college, I discovered the band Fish, <laughs> it's a hippie band and I traveled around and saw a lot of fish shows and that went hand in hand with the cannabis culture and that is actually where I met my husband was at a fish show so nice uh, yeah so, uh, fish brought us together and then um, he was living in Humboldt at the time and I was living in Colorado and I was cultivating in Colorado um, very secretly underground, you know, we would like borrow people's cars to go the grocery store and only certain people could come to the house. And it was very like paranoid era, I guess. <laughs> so, and uh Jason, my partner, he's... Uh, Jason is my husband and partner. He was in Humble, and we started long distance dating. So he was in Humble, I was in Colorado, and we were working together on some cannabis things then. Also, that was like, let's see, what year is that? About 2005, five, six. So we did the long distance dating thing for a while. And then... I moved up to Portland, Oregon to be a little closer, and I went to jewelry school. So I'm also a bench jeweler. I got my certification and was um, doing art and jewelry at that time of my life, which was really fun. <laughs> and then I was in Portland for a year, and I we decided to further our relationship and pursue it. And I ended up moving to Humble in 06. And we got a house together and we're growing cannabis together back then under 215 law in California. Are you in California? Yes, I am. I'm in LA. Okay. So yeah, there's the two fifteen law, which was basically like medical cannabis. Was legal, but mm-hmm. it was you had to have your medical card, and it was a very gray area. Like 99 plants, but you could gather other people's scripts, and so we were doing that at that time. And um, a few, we did that for a few years, and then we ended up purchasing a piece of land in Nederland, which is in Humboldt with a partner, and we were cultivating on our farm for about five years. And then the laws changed again when Prop uh, 64 came on. And uh, we basically followed all the laws and brought our farm up to compliance. In 2015, we started that. And at that time, we formed our brand, Kiskanoo. So that was about 2015 and about so we were doing the farming and the cultivating. And um, meanwhile, I had been taking some herbalism classes in Eureka and um, around the area. And I was making all our own body products at home and using herbs for multiple different things for Jason and I like. Uh, making salves and wound salves and uh, hair products and I pretty much tried to make everything for a while before I had kids and a business so uh, through the good old days Um, but anyways and I became a certified herbalist up here through uh, Jane Bothwell and Rosemary Gladstar's herbalism program so I have a double certification in that and that in herbalism and then i attended a cannabis conference here in Arcata, and i met a wonderful woman wendy reed who uh, has a cannabis california healing institute in uh, boonville california and she has a cannabis therapy consulting program. So mm-hmm. I met her there and I was like super interested in this program. So I talked to her and ended up signing up for the program. And it was, uh, you come out with a cannabis therapy consultant certification We studied the spirit of cannabis, which was looking into religions and how they've used cannabis in the past and different spiritual uses of cannabis. And then we did the biology of cannabis was another class where we studied basically the biology of cannabis and all the different, like what makes a cannabinoid and what's a terpene and what's the difference between hemp and CBD and kind of the science behind it. And then the third class was medicine making, where we spent a few days just learning how to add cannabis to a bunch of different preparations and ways of making concentrates and adding it to different products so at that point I kind of was like wow I realized I've always loved cannabis and I've always been using it but maybe I didn't know why I was using it or Mm -hmm. what it was actually doing for me uh, benefiting me I you know I always just enjoyed it and it was like, uh, oh, recreational, I'm going to smoke to relax. And I guess that could be medical too. So, um, Mm -mm, But taking these classes, I learned like, wow, this is really benefiting me in all these ways that I didn't know. And on top of it, there's other ways to use cannabis besides smoking. And um, I was just like, wow, that's so great. Like I hadn't really like thought to apply it in all my products that I've been making um, for Jason and I. So at that point I was like, well, I'm going to start adding cannabis and THC um, and CBD into my body products. And the results were just amazing. And I started just kind of making bigger batches and friends were buying it and I was getting like really great feedback and kind of just expanded into the brand and kept going. And here we are today, a few years later and it's a full production here in Humboldt. So um, yeah, it was kind of just my love of cannabis and then interest in herbalism And then providing products for my family that really worked and, uh, just kind of blossomed into this brand and it's been a struggle with the cannabis. It's, um, just the laws and the following all the rules and some of the unreasonable demands and the banking. And it's just like a lot, but, um. When we get feedback from people that are like, oh, you helped my endometriosis pain, nothing else could help. I'm like, okay, this is why we're doing it. So, yeah, it's been a long, interesting road, but cannabis has been with me through most of it. So, I'm grateful for her.
0: I love that. And I think for a lot of people, their story, you know, if you will, with cannabis starts off with like, I was using it recreationally yeah. like i was just smoking weed at exactly. parties we you yeah. got weed okay and not realizing like it was helping you in a medicinal way but just not having the language yet because yeah, we didn't know you don't without that yeah you don't have the education and so yeah. i love that you pursued it that mm-hmm. you you know you actively said like i want to learn more yeah. and i think that's the key if you want to enter the cannabis industry people always how can i do it it's just like Mm Just start, just like start learning and educating yourself and going to conferences. Everything that you just said Mm -hmm. you did is everything that I think other people should do to start in the industry.
1: And there's a lot of online resources and classes. Like now you can get those certifications online and it's like a good start, you know, if you're just interested, even just for your own self. If you're interested in using cannabis, it is really confusing, but... Once you break it down, it's pretty simple. And like THC can help this and CBD can help this. And then now we're getting to learn like these terpenes will help this. And it's pretty all oh, discovering more cannabinoids and how they can all help. So it is very complicated but once you understand it it's fairly simple so like you can always start small and just see how you feel and that's the beauty of it where it like creates this mindfulness that you're like paying attention to how you feel instead of just this pill fits everyone you're being mindful and you know, reporting back to yourself and saying, huh, that kind of made me feel paranoid or sleepy. Maybe I should add a little more CBD, or maybe I took too much. I can't stay awake, or I feel really anxious, or, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to really pay attention to how you feel. And then you're in control of your dose and your medicine, and it creates this mindfulness. So it's pretty cool medicine.
0: Right. So I kind of want to go back to you said that you and your husband, you guys are cultivating. Yeah. I'm in Northern California. And I'm kind of curious. I know you said there's lots of licenses and Mm -hmm. the rules are always changing. Yeah, I would be. I know that cultivation (laughs) is not for me because I would be stressed. (laughs) I would be absolutely stressed. I would probably smoke half of my supply (laughs) because I'd be so stressed. Like, do you get no? Do you get letters and stuff because you're a registered business or like, do you just have to follow policy? Or do you do both? Like, how do you stay compliant? We have um, software that
1: interprets the law, we use simplify it's called and it takes the law in California and interprets it into these templates of SOPs. So we can go through and basically check the list and make sure we're doing everything. But it's a lot. And you do still get letters. Like we just got a letter, um, something about our permit. And my husband luckily looked into it because they were wrong and they were trying to charge us all this money. And if we hadn't mm-hmm. looked into it and fought it, we probably would have just paid it. And yeah, it's just... Lost
0: money. <laughs> exactly.
1: Things like that. They are trying to charge us $1,000 for our application fee even though we've already got our license we're like how why do we have to apply if we already have our license they're like you're right Right. you don't have to pay that thousand dollars so it's just constant back and forth and realizing that the people you're working with don't know much more than anyone else. And everyone you talk to says something different. So it mm. takes a lot of follow-up and persistence, but we have done this whole process of, you know, bringing three businesses to come up and to compliance, legal compliance by ourselves. We didn't use consultants. We have one environmental consultant out on the farm. But for our local businesses in town, we've done it all ourselves because we have found that you can go into the city of Eureka and they will answer all your questions for free. So instead of paying the consultant to go ask the questions for free, we're just doing it ourselves. So it saved us a lot of money, maybe you know, we probably missed some things that the consultants wouldn't. but the city has been awesome. And they answer our emails right away. And they're like, talk to this person about that. So it's been very great working with the city of Eureka. And it's just a lot of follow ups and digging and making sure, like that person said this thing, why are you saying something else? And then Like the Cannabis Bureau just moved to Eureka, but they didn't have like a local phone number. So you still have to call Sacramento. You know, it's just like bureaucracy after bureaucracy. And there's three departments, one overseeing manufacturing, one cultivation and one distribution, I guess. But now they're doing away with that and they're all becoming one bureau. So it's like starting over, you know, they'll probably change all the laws again. So it's really been hard. And, and one of our hardest challenges has been the packaging because there's all these laws and then there's not a lot of options for like child resistant packaging. And then it's all plastic. For and exactly. For beauty and flower, like it all has wow. to be sealed. And so we're stuck with all this plastic packaging, which is Absolutely, like against our brand guidelines. So like, oh,
0: so, yeah, yeah, so that's been really frustrating to like. And so you have to use that kind of packaging. You can't. There's have no way around. To. Exactly. Okay. Like you can't just
1: use a paper, a cardboard box. You have to have like the a little button that makes it hard to open. And it's all available. Is harder. It's just the extra step, and it's more expensive, and a lot of it is plastic. So, yeah, um, it's just been and it's very expensive, and no write offs. So, um, really, on the, on the cannabis side, yeah, the hemp side is a little more. I guess you would say like mainstream business where we have a business, a bank account and Mm -hmm. um, are able to sell online. But even that today we got a message from QuickBooks and they're like, yeah, you can't process payments on QuickBooks. So now we, cause of hemp. So now we have to like figure out a way to invoice people and then connect that to QuickBooks. So it's just, you know, always a little trickier, which Coming from the cannabis industry probably helps us because we've learned to do
0: things a little differently always to stay alive. right? So this is so fascinating because I think you're one of the, I did talk to um, someone who is a cultivator, well, who but she only deals with CBD. Mm-hmm. So like her problems are probably a little bit different yeah, from your yeah. problem. Yeah, she has a um, larger farm and less Yeah, <laughs> she does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She did say that, you know, it's a lot to get. I think she was more focused on like the money and getting investors. Yeah, and exactly. Really yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
1: with hemp, I think. A lot of it's like way more large scale. Like our farm is not very big. It's uh, only 10,000 square feet. So compared to oh, the really? acres and acres of farm. Yeah, I
0: thought you would say like a couple acres. No, it's super <laughs>
1: small because what uh, traditionally in Humboldt, the cultivators have been out hiding in the hills. So you aren't like in town on the flat land. Our farm is two hours out a dirt road with no electricity and there's no access from like June through we get back in, in May, but it's snowed out like all winter. So you can't even get there. It's like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so because we were hiding, we didn't want people to know where we were. Or, um, so now as it's become legal recreationally, it has still has some advantages to being so far away when you start to worry about pollen drift and bugs that are coming from your neighbor's farms. It's really nice to be isolated because we don't have that problem. But now we have like, Oh, you're supposed to update daily on metric when you're on your farm. Well, we don't have internet or phone. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, and now people want to come do tours and, you know, you're like, well, I don't know if you can, you really want to come out. (laughs) It's so far and crazy. And so it kind of is now, you know, the farms are moving into town on the flat land and it's a little more, maybe not as advantageous to be so far out in the middle of nowhere, because now I'd rather have a flat farm where I can get a tractor on and farm it. But Mm -hmm. It is is what it is. And we bought it when we did. So it is way, way out there. And um, sorry, I've completely lost your questions.
0: So. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I mean, but it's totally yours now, you know? So it's just, it is what it is. Exactly. I I,
1: it's small, but it's ours and we control it and we can put it in our products and we know what's in it and
0: we've been doing it forever. I'm really curious about... How you guys found the land? Like, are there certain things that you look for when you're looking for a piece of land to cultivate cannabis? Or like, did you guys already have the savvy to know like, okay, it needs to look like this, or be like, like, what's that process? Sure,
1: there's only things you looked for when we were buying our farm. We didn't have a lot of money, so we were shopping raw land. There was like nothing there when we bought our farm. There had just been a road cut to the property, and a small flat had been made, and that was all. We had to get like permits to do it's called a three acre conversion where you can cut the trees down basically. So we came in and cut flats, and when I guess one of the things we looked for was water. So you want to look for flat land and water, basically, which that had both. And then you obviously have to be concerned where the sun is hitting your flats. You want to be south facing so you get the best sun so you look for flats on the south side of the mountain and then you clear your trees to allow sun to come in and we grow in greenhouses so we put up greenhouses and then eventually we put a big pond for water storage which was pretty cool like you gather water all winter, and then you use it all like rainwater, basically. And you collect it in this huge pond, then you use it to water all year. It's pretty cool. That's um, kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool. Um, actually, if you w- were interested in seeing our farm, we had a half-hour um, video episode on Growing Exposed on the High Times website. But they did a farm tour, so... That's cool. Yeah. So if you want to see what our farm looked like, you can check it out on there. So,
0: How long did all of that take? Like building the greenhouse, (laughs) um, doing the farm, like cutting down the trees, getting the permits. Like how long?
1: Well, some of it we were doing pre-permits because it was (laughs) 2.15. So those were the days we were hiding. Um, But as the laws changed, they had like more permits, like the three acre conversion and all these water permits. Like we ended up drilling a well and a pond cause you have to show where your water is coming from and then they come and they inspect it and they're like, Oh, your slope is too great and your water, your soil is going to drain into the Creek and you got to put wattles up and they come and tell you everything. And they, the County where that's Humboldt County we work with, they also, everyone's learning. So they send you notices and like you have, This much time to come into compliance. So they're not, they're reasonable, unless you're not reasonable is what we've found. Like if we go in and work with them, they have worked with us and given us what we asked. So they're people too, and they don't know these new laws or they don't know anything about cannabis, most of them. So when you go in and explain and describe your problem or like that won't work this way, if they can, if it's legal, they will work with you on it. Yeah, it's been a very back and forth process. But um, we did a lot of our initial work when we bought our property and like bare bones, like we put up the greenhouses ourselves. And then Just you and your husband? Well, him and his partner. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I actually uh, was, I'm not the farmer really. I was home holding it down with the family. So (laughs) Um, I'm the herbalist and product maker and kind of the. I created the brand, if you will. I have the right. I have the vision and he's He's
0: the executor. Exactly. You're the coach and he's like the quarterback. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs>
1: so we work well together.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing that. I love when like couples work in cannabis yeah. together and consume yeah. and together. And yeah. just it feels much better when your partner is in it with you
1: yeah I have like all the great grand ideas like let's do this and isn't let's make buy the most expensive beautiful packaging and he's like (laughs) no this is how much it costs we won't make money and so we like meet in the middle I love that okay
0: so you guys got the land you got the farm right so we did a lot of work at
1: the beginning and then about three years later when the laws changed we did
0: We put a lot more money into it, and if you don't mind, like roughly, like how much did everything, like permits, land, (laughs) all together cost, and like how much of that came out of your own pocket, and how much did you guys get from investors or family or friends?
1: We're one hundred percent self-funded.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, totally. Congratulations!
1: (laughs) Mostly because of our farm, (laughs) and because we've been doing it so long, so. Mm We have taken a few small personal loans here and there as we were opening our building and stuff. So we have had some help from like smaller personal loans that we've mostly paid back and are paying back. But we are mostly self-funded. We actually had two farms. We had one that We owned by ourselves, and then one with a partner and we ended up selling one farm at the right time. Um, Two years ago, I guess now like right when there's this big, like everyone was trying to scoop up farms and humble. We got in right at, out I guess at the right time and Mm -hmm. sold one of our farms and that allowed us actually at that time we were renting a building in Eureka for our manufacturing of our beauty products and uh, we were paying super high rent because when you're a cannabis company you're very limited where you can rent and landlords know that really oh yeah so we paid over three times the rent that the last people had paid
0: that was like a- how do you know that did you ask or did they i just know
1: because we were charged the exorbitant rate for local it was like over three dollars a square foot which up here is a lot yes so yeah. i'm sure it's different in la but oh yeah yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyways, we were paying a lot for a really small building, and we were just trying to make it work. And at that time, we were luckily on a month-to-month lease. And Oh, good. Yeah, the building next door came up for sale. So we were like, oh, we just sold our farm, and this building next door went for sale, and... On top of it, the people selling it didn't realize it was in the cannabis zone. So oh, um, oh, look we at that. got a really good deal on it. So <laughs> We like scooped it up really fast. We're like told our agent, like, don't mention cannabis. Like, cause mm-hmm. the cannabis buildings were going for like 800,000 and up, which in Eureka. Yeah. Like for these little buildings and little warehouses, people knew that they had this like because you can only grow and manufacture in certain zones so if you're selling a building in that zone it's more valuable right now so anyways the owners didn't know that it was a used car lot and they just were selling it i think their business wasn't going well so they just put it up for sale and we grabbed it before they figured out it was in the cannabis. zone, <laughs> So we moved next door and pay like a third of the rent. <laughs> so but it took us about a year to remodel the building to make it able to use for cannabis, because there's all these rules. Like, initially, it was just one big room in the building. We're like, Oh, great, we'll just manufacture in here. And then they're like, No, you need a separate entrance. And it has to be Handicap accessible and ADA. And so, and we, the
0: stuff the state told you guys you had to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly.
1: To get our license. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and beyond that, locally, if you change your building, you have to bring it up to every current code. So, mm. that meant if you do any remodeling, you have to make sure like ADA is all compliant. So, we had to basically. Remodel the whole building and the parking lot, which was very expensive. What? I know you have to have like a certain percent of grade, and yeah, we spent like forty thousand dollars on ADA parking, basically
0: on so, just the parking lot. Yeah,
1: on just the park. and it's like this huge empty parking lot and. So, everyone like is right welcome. This is crazy. <laughs> everyone of any
0: ability is welcome at our dispensary. So. <laughs> so, okay. So, you're the building that you guys bought, you're yes. manufacturing yeah, exactly. your product there, and it's going to be the dispensary. Exactly. Inside.
1: And we distribute out of there. So, it's this super small building, and we have a distribution room, and then most of it is manufacturing. And then we have a super small little Front retail room. We're like, we might as well sell our own products and (laughs) cut out the middleman. And we're literally on the highway. So, with a huge parking lot, we're like, we might as well. We don't have to pay any extra rent. We'll just turn the super small room into make it work for you. Exactly. And if it's successful, we'll expand it and right. just see if it
0: works. So we're but really it's not like what's the worst that could happen. You have exactly the space. why not? <laughs> exactly.
1: Like if nobody's there, we'll send the employee to the back and they'll label or something. You right. know, and come out and- Someone comes to the retail store, so um, we're really excited about that. And uh, it should be open mid-march we're hoping so we have all the cabinets in and everything we're just we thought we were good and then they're like oh actually we need to see your sewer line so we have to now snake our sewer line with a video it's just like always something else <laughs> so,
0: <has. laughs>
1: something with our neighbor something happened with their septic system they're also a cannabis business our neighbor and We're thinking they're like, huh, we better make sure they're okay because, you know, once the -hmm. window is open,
0: they're looking in. I just feel like many props to you guys for just, it sounds like you have to have a lot of perseverance yes. to be in this part of the cannabis industry. much. I agree with that. And you have to be willing to pivot at a moment's notice. Yes. Yes. So like, what do you guys do to kind of make sure this doesn't stress you the fuck out? Uh,
1: smoke a lot of weed. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Hell Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we I'm, use I'm, I'm our own it. products <laughs> i would definitely do this i'm curious like does it ever cause like tension between you and your husband like working together so closely and having all these curveballs come up in the business like does how does that impact you guys or
1: do you want me to call him in here and talk about it no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> let's just say We've been through a lot together (laughs) and we're still together. (laughs) So, um, there's definitely something deeper there that connects us. um, We argue a lot about business. So like I I said, I have this like champagne taste and he has this beer budget and uh, (laughs) (laughs) we're trying to work together because I'm like, it matters. It matters. Like how we look and present ourselves is really important because he's like, let's just put the product out and we'll just like put it in a mylar bag for now. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) This needs to <laughs> look nice because yeah. <laughs> when you're at the dispensary or at a beauty store and there's 25 CBD products and you yeah. don't know anything about CBD, what are you gonna buy the one that looks nice or you know the one that feels yeah. the best and is feels
0: safe and medical and right? Um, so I, you don't even get a chance to try it until no, you buy it. So you're exactly. really only, it's based on the packaging yeah. itself and the packaging has to be informative too. Yeah, so exactly. like if it doesn't do any of those things as yeah. a consumer, I would not buy it.
1: Yeah. And if that's <laughs> another frustration is like, we source all organic ingredients and these really high end like base ingredients. And then in the cannabis, we're not allowed to say organic. So we on our packaging. It can't say organic. Why is that? Is it because it's a federal thing? Exactly. It's a federal certification. So even though everything we use is certified organic and we test the parts per billion, it is safer than organic. We have bought organic inputs from, renowned organic source and they have failed testing so ours is safer than organic so wow. well you can't say that on the packaging <laughs> so, that's so it's just another
0: it makes things. me love your products <laughs> even more now but like I hate that I wasn't able to know that off the bat exactly
1: you know? because i would look for
0: that in a product Right, yeah, yeah, not it organic so absolutely okay so you started messing around with making products for you and your husband yep, yep. um you're giving it to your family and friends like hey try it you're getting good feedback which is always a positive sign what made you decide let's take this to the next level and start producing it and selling it in mm-hmm. dispensaries and online yeah.
1: Like I was kind of touching on before, we had the farm. And in 2015, we launched our brand, Kiskanoo. And at that point, it was flour and mainly flour was what we were doing. And then my beauty and wellness products, I had already been making. So we kind of just did the line and We started from the beginning, um, and I had just the three base products, the intimacy oil, the skin rub, which is like a general all-purpose salve. It was like my highest THC content. It's the one I just carry with me everywhere because it's good for everything. Mm -hmm. And then the face oil, which is a bit of a lighter oil but we kind of just started together because I was already making the herbal products and I just added cannabis. And those were my three just basic products. I was making a lot of other stuff at the time too, but I had to, once you start to like brand and package, you're like, okay, I need to focus it down onto like my three hero products or a few hero products. So, um, right. they they were kind of there from the beginning at which point we were going towards one cultivation license and we thought we'd be able to just make products on the farm was our initial idea as we would have you know we'd grow out there and then we'd have our little workshop where we're making all our products and um but then, as the laws developed, you have this company without laws. So you're like, huh, I don't, I'll do whatever happens, basically. So, as the laws developed and it was manufacturing had to be in a type six facility and cultivation, we could cultivate in town too, but not our facility isn't big enough. So anyways, it kind of ended up branching into manufacturing and cultivation. As we had these products, we had to find a space to manufacture them in. And that was when we rented the building and then ended up moving next door. So and at that point, too, we were labeling and manufacturing. But to, in order to test at that time, when we first started a year ago, in order to test, you had to be a distrib. You could test in manufacturing, but then the label had to match the test. So before you sent it to distribution, you either had to like relabel it or wait and send it to a distributor to test. So we were like, well, maybe we should just get a distribution license too. So we can label our own products. Right. And then if the test is different than the label, you can relabel them because we were paying so much to our distributor. Because uh, what happens is you put the amount of THC in that like, you know, I want each product to have 50 milligrams of THC. So you calculate it all and that's your estimate. And then you send it to testing. Well, if it's not within 10% variance of that, what you... Claim you have to relabel. So instead of labeling ahead of time, we wanted to test it first so that our label would be accurate. So you don't have to label it twice, but only distributors could do that at that time. <laughs> so we opted to get a distribution license so we could label. So we took this super small little room out of the back of our manufacturing and made it into distribution where we all sit in this little room and label our final labels so that we don't have to pay a distributor to label our labels. And now that law has changed and you can just do it in manufacturing, so
0: what i know
1: it's so crazy so
0: do you get your money back for paying for that license no i wish (gasps) What? (laughs) and
1: actually now a year later we were in an exclusive relationship with a distributor for the last year and they were a large corporate distributor which we were always very hesitant about We were actually with a smaller friend who was a distributor, and then she got bought by the larger corporation. So we were still with our friend, and we were like, all right, we'll stick it out with our friend because we were with her from the beginning. But we just weren't sure that our brand aligned with this distributor, which carried like 50 other corporate brands as well, like huge brands that were not like us at all because we're this craft-humbled organic high-end brand is Mm -hmm. kind of what we're aiming for but they had a lot of like larger corporate brands but we were getting lumped in with those brands with their sales team so like there's one rep going out and selling all 50 brands oh we weren't sure But we signed an exclusive year agreement with them because we were like, well, we're so small. Maybe the power of this corporation, we can use their 40 reps. You know, they have a sales team, they have money, they have branding, everything that they could support us with. So we opted to sign despite our reservations and we worked with them for the last year exclusively and it went Okay, it it went pretty good after hearing other people's stories, I would say. So they served us pretty well, but we have mutually agreed to part ways. So... That it's been about a year. So now we are very excited that we have a, our own distribution license because we just bought a distribution van, which we couldn't have done a year ago. And we're able to now serve our clients at least locally. We can distribute our own products. So you um, could deliver it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And set, like, for example, last week, this is all kind of our transition period. So we're kind of trying to like this just happened a few weeks ago where we split ways with our distributor, but we're trying to get it all organized. But last week, because we just bought our van and it's not outfitted yet for, you know, you have to pay $10,000 to put a metal cage in the back of it. Um, so we haven't, oh done, I know. <laughs> so we haven't done that yet. We had one quote that wanted to charge us like Seventeen thousand dollars
0: to, I bring, see. yeah,
1: to add like because you have to have like an alarm and cameras and GPS and this secure metal box with no windows and for distribution. It was, Someone was trying to charge us like $17,000. We're like, that's like almost as that's much like as the van. Ever. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> doesn't the van cost that like, much? Uh, what like happens it? when it breaks down and then it's like <laughs> valuable inside, but we'll just like tow it around or something? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I told Jason, I was like, just let's take it somewhere else and not tell him it's for cannabis and we'll probably right. get charged like five thousand dollars (laughs) instead but anyway so last week we had a local order we're in eureka it was another shop in Arcata, which is the town over and we're like okay you know it'd be so simple if we could just drive our van over but instead you have to call this company and it ended up taking like three days to get one order 10 minutes away because of all the bureaucracy and onboarding and scheduling. And, you know, it's just this mess of like middle people. So we're very excited to at least start locally distributing and we're working with some other local distributors to get to LA and the Bay and other areas for now. So yeah, we're
0: excited about that too. That's super cool. I mean, i give many props to you guys for just like staying the course. <laughs> it comes down to just really believing in your brand, right? Yeah. And your products. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious about the CBD and like the THC side of yeah. your business because you have the CBD products and then you have the cannabis products which have CBD and THC in mm-hmm. them, right? Yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of brands... Shy away from the THC side of things, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to beauty products. Yep. So, what made you decide to include THC in your beauty products? Because you could just easily do CBD; you could sell it online. Oh, yeah, and exactly. It's an easier business, right? So, like, easier. why include THC?
1: I guess because we were just doing that first. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where we came from. I was making all the THC products and already and had our facility and we're manufacturing it all. And we're in dispensaries already. And that is what we believe in. So um,
0: your flower was in dispensaries. Exactly.
1: Already, right? Yeah, for years. Yeah, even before it was recreational, we were in under the medical. So yeah, and our products as well. So we were actually on the medical market, our products, our beauty line before and then we were off the market for a year, which is when we launched our CBD line. And then it took us a year to get back to dispensaries after you know, buying the building and remodeling and getting our license. So mm-hmm. um, we were in dispensaries under medical law. Okay, for flour and products. So I guess probably we're opposite of a lot of people where we started in cannabis. And then we had this year where we couldn't sell our products because our facility wasn't legal yet. So we're like, Okay, well, we have all this equipment. uh, And we're just waiting for our license. And people were emailing us and saying, Can you ship? Can you ship? And we're like, No, we can't ship. (laughs) So that is what led to our hemp line, just people asking and being able to ship it. And also, I would say I had a very, a shift in mindset about CBD. I was very like anti hemp for a
0: while. Really? Why? (laughs)
1: Because we thought cannabis was the way and CBD from cannabis was the way and hemp was not as good. But after educating myself more, when you really break it down on like a scientific molecular level, CBD is CBD. Like you can't take CBD from hemp and CBD from cannabis for example if you're just looking at the cbd and there's nothing to distinguish them so it's more in my opinion like what else is in the product like is it a full plant extract or is it just isolated hemp or cbd yeah, we were very anti-hemp at first,
0: which is kind of funny now. We <laughs> we've had great. It, were you thinking that like CBD from hemp wasn't as quality? Exactly. As CBD from yeah.
1: Harvest? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like it wasn't as good of a product. It was just industrial hemp. But again, when you break it down, CBD is CBD. The difference is the genetics of your plant. So there's, if it has more than point zero three. THC, it's cannabis, and otherwise, right, it's yeah. hemp. Basically, it's a legal distinction. We grow plants on our farm that are CBD, but they have, you know, like more than the legal amount of CBD, so they're cannabis, but they're still mostly CBD with just a little THC. So, right. yeah, it's it gets really confusing. But it's really not that confusing. (laughs) If you really make it, break it down simply, it's the same plant. It's just different strains, I guess you could say, where one has no THC and one has a
0: lot of THC. That is the best way to describe it. I yeah. think that, like, if you want to break it down in like yeah. layman terms, like exactly, that's the best. Like, just look at it as different strains. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because people are like, "What's the difference between a hemp
1: plant and a cannabis plant?" You're like, well, just the amount of THC. So, if it's point three and above, then it's cannabis, and if it's point zero three and below, then it's hemp. And so, it's very like gray, but it's More of a legal distinction than a scientific
0: one. Right. Okay. You guys decide to start dealing with hemp and like selling CBD um, products from that and you're selling it online. And so for a year you weren't making your cannabis products, Mm -hmm. but you were selling your CBD. So, I mean, you got to have money, right? So the CBD, (laughs) you're selling the CBD products. And what was the response from people? People were having great feedback,
1: which I was like, all right, I guess the CBD is working for people. So um, <laughs> I think people need different things. Some people need a lot of THC and some people need a lot of CBD. And again, that comes back to like the mindfulness and kind of seeing what you need and just or feeling how it treats you, I guess. But it's so amazing because like in my office, I have one of my managers cannot like be around THC. She like will get high from looking at it. What? But, yeah. So, like, you know, she's just super sensitive. But like I can use a lot of THC, but I actually realized that CBD keeps me awake. <laughs> so yes. like a lot of people use it to sleep, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I ate a cookie, a CBD cookie once and I was up all night and I'm like, oh my what? gosh, why am I awake? And I realize it's because I use THC to sleep. And when I add a lot of CBD, it modulates the THC and doesn't make me tired. So it kind of like undoes the THC for me. But so interesting. Yeah, but in smaller doses, I use CBD during the day because it takes that edge off my anxiety like it kind of just takes that sharp it takes the edge, edge off, off. exactly
0: yeah. exactly where me and my friends like to say cbd takes the bitch out of you yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. we definitely joke that like cannabis saved our relationship because every time we're like fighting we'll like go back and puff, and then come out and be like sorry I guess I was kind of like I was just a little being an harsh. asshole like, I didn't smoke any weed yeah, today. please
0: forgive
1: me like you need a safety break go take one
0: I always say like couples that smoke weed together will stay together yeah. I can just argue about petty little things oh, when yeah. you're I mean, you put two adults together who had two different upbringings, mm-hmm. grew up in two different areas, like, it's gonna be conflict. That's oh, normal. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's just how you deal with those conflicts oh, yeah. and those issues, and how you resolve and that makes a successful couple or makes a toxic relationship, you know, like, yeah. how do you deal with your problems? So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm obsessed with your cannabis face oil. Okay, I'm Absolutely. Thank you. you. Absolutely obsessed. And I use it, I was thinking like, okay, I'll use it underneath my moisturizer, Mm -hmm. right? Just to add another layer of moisture. Especially in California. It's technically the desert, so like your skin gets so thirsty, it gets yeah, so dry for definitely. me. Coming from the east coast, growing up in the south where there's humidity everywhere, I never really moisturized my face yeah. that much. I hate yeah. to admit that. No, <laughs> not need to. It's just more yeah. you know, it doesn't yeah, drop the moisture
1: out when you're yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So like humidity helps your hair, it helps mm-hmm. your skin. And coming out here, I noticed that my skin and hair needed more help. Oh, yeah. So I'm just like, I need more moisture. I felt the oil and you're right like it's very light yeah it's Um, not greasy yeah it's not greasy and that's I was kind of hesitant it's like an oil on my face yeah a lot of people say that like oh I would never put
1: oil on my face like just try it because they're like I have oily skin like well a lot of people have oily skin because they're dry because your skin is dry so it's producing oil and if you can like deeply moisturize it it Won't have to produce so much oil, so
0: it's brilliant. I'm like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can't even say enough. Like, and I had that concern too because, like, traditionally my skin is so oil, like literally, like take the oil (laughs) off my face and Uh, I can put it on my elbows or something. (laughs) I'll just recycle that, (laughs) recycle that oil. And using your cannabis face oil, it's so light, and I was impressed. My skin just like eats it up, like yeah. literally just soaks yeah, in. it. Yeah, it doesn't
1: like leave a like
0: no a residue. There's residue. Or yeah. It doesn't sit on top of the skin. Mm-hmm. It actually goes, it penetrates yeah. the skin. And so I noticed in a week's time of using it, that my skin was visibly softer. Even if I didn't put any on, like I would put it on like maybe every other day, mm-hmm. once a day yeah. for one day, I forgot to put it on, but my skin was still so soft. And I was nice. like, wow, like I don't even need a primer for yeah. my foundation right now. Oh, like, and I had like a blemish and it faded it. Nice. And I was just like, Oh fuck no! Like, is this, like, what is what is this magic in the bottle? Like, what is this, what is it is. Serious? It's cannabis. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> no, like seriously, it really is. And people always say that cannabis is really good for like inflammation oh, yeah. and all of those things, mm-hmm. but you don't really register like what that inflammation yeah. means. Like, yeah. Your face can be. It. <laughs> your skin it, needs uh, anti-inflammation yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so. I kind of want to speak to like the Mm -hmm. properties of cannabis and like how that can be beneficial because people know like to an extent what happens Mm -hmm. when you smoke weed or like when you eat weed, you know, not eat weed, but have an edible, but like what are the benefits of actually applying a cannabis or CBD oil to the skin?
1: Sure. One thing that makes it really beneficial for People like my employee, who is very sensitive to THC, is often people can tolerate it a little better topically. So, if you like are really sensitive to smoking, if it, you know, you get paranoid or anxious from smoking, uh, topically is a great option because. You can benefit from like muscle relaxation if you have muscle spasms, um, pain relief. We use it for sore feet and sore backs, and we do back rubs at night. It's anti-inflammatory. It's excellent for your nerves. So any nervous system issues, which could be nerve pain or, you know, skin problems from your nervous system, it's great for that. It's antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. I think I already said that. There's a lot of other things that they're like thinking that it helps with that. They're studying more like bone stimulation and cell health, like protecting against cancer and like a lot of new research is happening that I think like I've had clients report back, but you know, you can't until there's like medical research. It's yeah, you not can't a
0: really thing. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't want to say that it gets rid of blemishes, but I can't I say know.
1: that. Way. <laughs> well, I had a huge brown, like, uh, I got it after I was pregnant, one of those, like, sunspots on my cheek. Yes. And I use the face oil every day. And it's really, I'm not like a big product person. I just do, like, toner and face oil, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very simple. But it got like kind of irritated one day and I randomly had a dermatologist appointment the next day and it was kind of red and I was like, Oh, well, something's going on with this big sunspot on my face. And he's like, "Well, just watch it. And if anything happens, like call said it didn't look too bad or weird or mm-hmm. anything, but within a week the redness had faded and the sunspot was gone and I want Just using your face oil, right? Yeah, just using the face oil. And I went back like for my next year appointment and he was like, Oh, did we remove that blemish? I was like, No, <laughs> it went away. When you say my <laughs> my cannabis face oil. He was like, Huh, eh, okay. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> did he buy it or was he just like oh, okay. Yeah, he was just kinda of like, Okay, whatever. You know, <laughs> but he was like, "Oh, I must have removed that." And I'm like, "No, you didn't." <laughs> so I don't know if it was my cannabis face oil, but I don't can't say that it wasn't either. So
0: yeah, and I think that that would be the beauty of being able to study the plant more is yeah. really being able to understand how it can help in all of its forms. Oh, yeah. Because I'm telling you, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it got rid of the blemish, oh, yeah. and then I had a nasty ingrown mm-hmm. <laughs> on my chin. Oh yeah. And it was like disgusting. It was like three dimensional like, looked like oh, a ass great. great. Thanks for <laughs> choosing my face. <laughs> like why are you on my face <laughs> it could so my I, like, leg that I could hide. Yes, Right. Like <laughs> and I was using your oil. I've been using it for about I don't know like a couple of months now and it's fucking gone. Like I've been using The same face wash, Mm -hmm. um, which is like a Bosha face wash, um, the charcoal one. And I Mm -hmm. use like this really expensive moisturizer that's like $60. Okay. Shit's expensive. And I've been using that and I don't use a toner. And I do that every day, mm-hmm. and I noticed a slight difference, and it was helping me. Yeah. But once I started integrating your face oil into mm-hmm. my routine, I was yeah. like, "Oh shit, game changer!" Yeah, <laughs> and like the ingrown went away, and yeah. like I was able to like tweeze the hair out. This is so nice. gross, guys. Uh-huh. I was able to tweeze the hair out, it nice. and like <laughs> it's not. And now it's just like a little dark spot, and yeah. it's starting to slowly fade. And yeah. I'm only using your face oil in my same routine I just yeah. integrated your oil and yeah
1: I think that they will find that it's like antibacterial and will be effective in treating things like staph and MRSA and I've had clients use it for psoriasis and oh, like skin infections I had one yeah. person that had a really bad eczema and they were using my skin rub actually on their face because that's even like a deeper moisturizer so oh, i should try um, that they're, one. <laughs> they're like loyal to the skin rub for their eczema on their face so mm-hmm. um, i think that as science catches up to Client testimonials, we will see that it's antibacterial and, you know, antimicrobial and antifungal and all these things. And I also think they'll find specific terpenes work like one will be antibacterial and you can like concentrate that down a little more and make products like uh, wound healing products and things mm-hmm. like that. So, But it's another tricky thing right now is you can't claim any health benefits. You can't make any, yeah. Because nothing has been studied. So you're like, there's no benefits. In fact, on ours, because you're in California, I'm sure you've seen the Prop 65, I think it is. I get sometimes get the Prop positions mixed up with uh cancer warning
0: that's on everything. Yeah, it's on everything. It's oh on my it's god, like, There's a cancer warning. Mm-hmm. There's a pregnant women shouldn't use exactly. this warning. Everywhere you, you know, go I'm, I'm pregnant and I'm using yeah, this shit. Exactly. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about, but I'm using yeah. it.
1: But it stinks because mercine is a terpene in cannabis, a naturally occurring terpene. It's also found in hops and grapefruit and like a bunch of foods, but because of that and we have to put this prop 65 warning that says this product can cause reproductive health issues oh, and man. cancer. Is and we've definitely had a few people that have returned it because they're wow. like, Oh, I bought this online and I'm in Virginia and yours. It says, it's going to give me cancer. I even asked my doctor and he says he doesn't know about it. And I'm like, listen, this is cleaner than your food because this has been tested a parts per billion with <laughs> trust me it's cleaner than your organic food so yeah it kind of stinks and I think how that, do you combat
0: that like do you educate people do you we put do we,
1: yeah our tests are all on our website we test everything on our hemp side the same way we test our cannabis side which is the most strict stringent testing standards in the world or at least in the country that i know of um to parts per billion so this is super microscopic like (laughs) you know if you think about a billion parts and it has to pass like you know it can't be more than like 10 parts of the billion. So, or you know, each one has its standard. So we've had many or certified organic inputs that we've bought to put in our products fail, and we've had to source these clean products. It's very been very difficult. So not only is our cannabis being held to this higher standard, but also everything else we put into it. Where if you were to test your other organic beauty products, you would see pesticides and metals and all sorts of things. Because we're seeing that in the products that we're buying to put in our organic products that are certified organic. So, when people are really? like, this isn't safe, I'm like,
0: yes, it is. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the safest thing that you will buy all year. <laughs> so. I noticed, and this is why I knew that this was gonna be a legit product because I noticed in your face oil, you use jojoba oil. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love hobo oil. I swear by it. I, <laughs> I swear to God. Too. I put that shit on my skin. Uh-huh. I put that shit in my hair. Yeah. <laughs> and Argon. Argon is another. An one So like when I saw best. that, I was yeah. like, well, they're not playing around. Yeah. Like,
1: these are like <laughs> And it is certified organic. So just so that's
0: you know. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. And it smells good. And you're yeah. not putting any like additional No,
1: nothing. It's only organic essential oils and like real plant essentially essential oils are terpenes so um, when you think about it like that terpenes are the essential oils of the cannabis plant so that is what you're when you smell it it's the plant's defense against predators and deer and gophers is this strong scent this Mm -hmm. terpene that it puts out it's essential oil. So that is when to so start thinking about other plants like lavender, you're adding lavender essential oil. It's the same as this linalool that you're finding in cannabis terpenes. So it's pretty cool.
0: I love the science. Yeah. Load. I need to dive more into yeah. it. Okay. So I, I won't hold you much longer. I just have like a couple more questions. Yeah. I'm really curious as to like on your packaging, it says like cannabis or it'll say like CBD Mm -hmm. um, hemp. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that like you're just taking the whole flower and like turning it into oil or like, how does that work and you put it in or are you taking like certain terpenes from the plant and then putting it in your beauty products or like, how does that?
1: It's a little different on both sides. So I'll talk about the cannabis side first. When we started making, our products, we grew the flour, we had our little CO2 extractor machine, and we put our flour into the machine and it turned out this concentrated CO2 whole plant went in whole, then the full plant extract concentrate comes out we put that in our beauty products well when the laws changed and you had to have different licenses for different extracting and we were looking at extracting ourselves making the concentrates ourselves and they're like well you need a whole another room with these secure walls and this whole air filtration system and we had five friends in arcada that had just Concentration businesses with huge machines and they're extracting daily at huge production levels. And we started to calculate the cost. And we're like, we have this little machine that we have to run like 10 days straight to get this much oil. And when it breaks, we have to send it to Ohio for three weeks. And we can't make anything in the meantime. So, Long story short, we realized it was advantageous to take, we still grow the flower and then we take it to our friends in Arcata who own an extraction company. They extract it for us into concentrate. They give it back to us in jars of Concentrated oil, and then we make the products with that. So um, Ah. it just didn't make sense, cost-wise, for us to also extract ourselves when there's these companies that are doing it because at huge mass quantities, right? And levels, they have the huge machines, they run it in like two hours, you know, the whole thing. Where we're like ten days later, we got it, (laughs) you know, so. That is one of the steps that we outsource of the actual extracting. And we're very happy we did that because there's at some point you're like, we can't do everything ourselves. So yeah. um, they have the equipment, the knowledge, the money, they have all of it and they make a great product. They still use our flour and return it to us. So, and then, cause our farm is pretty small. Once we run through all our concentrate from our farm we have a deep network of local farmers that we source their flour or local concentrate so which is all tested to parts per billion so it's all super clean and safe and then we get it back and put it into our products and then on the hemp side, where we don't own a hemp farm, and we don't plan on it. <laughs> so <laughs> again, we're drawing the line, not doing everything. <laughs> we have um, multiple we have one friend that owns labs around the country, and he sources our hemp for us, mostly Colorado and Oregon and Nevada. We buy our hemp, but it's it's tested hemp. We get it you know, tested already. So Mm -hmm. it's sourced just from a few different farms um, that we know around, you know, the States around us. So um, that's not quite as local, but, um,
0: It's kind of funny,
1: Humboldt County was actually looking at banning hemp growing. So we're like, you can can grow cannabis here, but not hemp. It's it's unbelievable, the amount of rules. Because of pollen drift and contaminating the cannabis genetics with hemp genetics. Interesting. (laughs) So it's like backwards, because most places you can you know, it's easier to grow hemp. So hemp, yeah. Um, and actually I think that that ruling just came out like last week and I'm embarrassed to say, I can't remember which way they want because I'm not a hemp farmer in California or in Humboldt, I guess. So. Um, but they were trying to ban it. I kind of think they pushed off the decision, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's kind of an interesting twist. So um, there's not a lot of local hemp being grown. There's still some people doing it, but um yeah, we outsource our hemp and we it's the same thing. We just buy concentrate and then put it. But it is full plant. We call it broad spectrum because it's no little to no THC. And in our on our standards, full spectrum would have THC also. So when we say broad spectrum on our products, it means a full plant extract that Is either genetically bred without THC or the THC has been taken out. So it would still have CBD and all the terpenes and CBG and CBN and CBDA, hopefully, and all of it. So it is a full plan. And does that make it easier
0: to sell when you take the THC out?
1: It does a lot. We ship a lot of places and it athletes and there's people that can't have THC but we also are not claiming to have no THC so um, our claim is that we're under the legal limit but most of our has tested no THC so it's very minimal amounts of THC and all well below the .03 limit so I would never want to say unless I was using an isolate maybe that there's no THC because if you're an athlete trying to attend the Olympics and you use my product and there's a trace amount of THC I don't want to be the one that ruins your career so yeah while it tests no THC I would still be careful with testing with those kind of products but i assume if you're that level of an athlete you're pretty careful or what are medically like some a lot of people can't have it for their jobs you know no they're taking drug tests I have had people that have used our CBD tincture and have been like, I passed my drug test. So it's your choice, but I will never recommend it.
0: anything. Yeah, other I than it. I like, if it is like oh. Exactly. I don't want to
1: be the one that tells you to do it. It's your choice. And yeah. I can show you the test results and you can make that choice for yourself.
0: But is 003 percent enough to fail a drug test? Like point oh three percent. I don't know. I don't know how I feel like it's so small. I know. Like I guess it depends on the test. If it's like a hair test, that's it's, probably different than yeah. like a piss test. Yeah, so I don't but know. they
1: definitely are only testing for THC. So if you know your source is a hundred percent like isolated C B D and you've seen the test results, then you should be fine. So that's a really good
0: tip for, yeah. for people. Really quickly, I wanted to get your thoughts on like this new wave of CBD products mm-hmm. that are in like CVS and yeah. local retailers. How can consumers discern that a product actually has like real CBD in it?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to, I guess, know your brand and trust your brand because even like anyone could put out a test result and, you know, say one thing or. So I guess you just have to know your brand. I would definitely trust a lot of the brands that come from cannabis because they're used to dealing in these very, very stringent guidelines. And if they can pass cannabis tests, then you know it's very, very clean. So that is one way of knowing. The other way, yeah, is just making sure there's um, tests that you can see they're a little hard to read but there's articles about navigating the test results um, you can look up and uh, let's see the other thing would be making sure you're getting hemp that's grown in the U.S. because cannabis and hemp uh, they're both remediators of the soil which means they suck out everything in the soil into the plant so mm. it's really another amazing thing that they do where um, if you know, you need to clean up the soil. I heard they were using hemp plants in Chernobyl to suck radiation out of the soil. But then where's the radiation in the plant? (laughs) So yeah, if you're growing in a leaded soil bed in China or in the US, that might be lead in your hemp plant. So yes, you need to be really mindful. I would definitely not buy any hemp not. Uh, farmed in the USA so that would be something if your brand isn't forthcoming with where they're getting that that would be a red flag and anything that says hemp seed oil is probably not CBD I have hemp seed oil in my products because hemp seed oil is amazing oil you can buy it at Costco it's great for cooking I make like hemp seed salads and put hemp oil in it and It's high in vitamins and minerals and omegas. It's an amazing oil, but there is no CBD in it. Oh. (laughs) uh, It comes from the seed, the hemp seeds. So it's an oil from the seed. And there's no cannabinoids in the seeds or roots of the plant. So they have their own benefits. The roots have been found to be amazing too, but no cannabinoids. So if your hemp product is made from hemp seed oil, there's no CBD in it. Again, mine has hemp seed oil and hemp. So, you know, I use the hemp seed as a base oil because it's amazing, but then I also add CBD. So some brands may do that, but you need to make sure there's actually CBD and not just hemp seed oil because a lot of the brands at Costco and CVS don't even have CBD they're just hemp seed oil so that is something to look for (laughs) and like Amazon I don't understand it because you're not allowed to sell CBD on Amazon so a lot like I've looked and there's gummies and then they say these do not contain CBD like really small so it's just hemp seed oil and they're selling them as hemp there's no cannabinoids. There's no CBD. There's nothing. There's the vitamins and minerals from this oil, but no cannabinoids. So that is one thing that you see a lot.
0: So so there's a lot of mislabeling and mis... Yeah. You know, and just kind confusion. Of- it's
1: not even mislabeled. Well, probably some is mislabeled, but people are like, oh, hemp oil. Okay. It must be CBD. No, there's no CBD in hemp seed oil. So
0: Ever. There can never be. That's good to know for people. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for that. Because I think that's really valuable information for people to know. Yeah. My next couple of questions and then I'll be done. (laughs) I just want to know, like what does your family think of you working in the cannabis industry? You know, like your parents or do you have siblings Mm -hmm. and what do your kids think? What do you guys tell them? I have been cultivating for a long, long time and I I think
1: my sister and I were cultivating together in Colorado. So she was a part of it back in the day. And she has since moved on. And it's probably going to be mad that I said that. But <laughs> um, I won't say which sister. No. And the other one is a school teacher. And we're always just kind of like doing our thing in Colorado and didn't really ever talk about it that much. And when they would come and visit, we'd be like, this room is Uh, a roommate is renting it and they're out of town so we can't go in there (laughs) but then when my husband and I were getting married he straight up was like I grow weed to my parents I was like okay I guess it's just like that so and they were like we always knew you were doing something out there like whatever something out there that was a long time ago like 15 years ago so they are pretty much okay with it. They're kind of anti-taxation and they're pacifists and don't believe in all this war. And so I think on that level, they can appreciate what I'm doing or... Although now I pay a lot of taxes, so <laughs> um, but they could appreciate that I was doing something I believed in, doing what was right rather than what I was told to do. So while they may not have been proud enough to talk about it then, now I call my mom and I'm like, Mom, I just You'll be so proud. I was just featured in High Times on an article about weed and sex. She's like, oh great, I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, isn't this always what you imagined you'd be proud of? <laughs> <laughs> So they're pretty okay about it at this point, especially now that it's legal. Uh, My husband, Jason's family, was a little more like, "Mm, that's not legal. We're not as into that. And now they're all using the CBD products and they're like all about it. A lot of it had to do with the laws, but now they're a little more comfortable. So yeah, they're pretty... We're pretty open now and I'm on the school board and I'm just uh, got invited to be a part of this leadership workshop with the city of Eureka with a bunch of local businesses. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. I'm out talking about what I'm doing with the community and i'm participating and i'm not hiding from my neighbors anymore and yeah um, it's really awesome in that way and to be like we were right and we were doing what we believed in the whole time and this i believe in this plant and it heals people and even though it's a total shit show with the laws and everything we believe in it enough that We're still here grinding and stressing all for her. So,
0: (laughs) but she's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman. I love
1: Candace. (laughs) Yeah,
0: she's been there for me always. She's amazing. So, okay, you guys have a family. Yeah. What do you tell your kids about weed? Do they know what you guys do? Do they know that you smoke weed? Mm -hmm. Like, what's that like? Or what do you plan to tell them? Sure.
1: I have a son and a daughter. They are 10 and 12. And they... Okay, so they're big kids. They get They're big. They get it. (laughs) They know everything. When they were younger and it was a little more like we were in the medical line and, you know, we're like, oh, we don't want them talking about it with the teachers as much. Um, but we still brought them to our farm and they're like, why do you grow under the roof? Why are you, you know, asking funny questions about like, why do you put a roof over it? Like the greenhouse. Like, don't you want, yeah, where's the tomatoes? <laughs> yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we've all they've grew up on our farm. They've been around the plant. They are in the fields. They're a part of it. We just didn't lie. We tell them we smoke and we're like, when you're ready to when you're older and your brain is developed, you come talk to us and we'll help you. And if you have any questions yeah, ask us and they see us partake where we feel it's no different than drinking alcohol and we don't hide that from our kids. So we try to, you know, do things that we believe in and we believe in that and we don't hide it from our kids. So they have been, they grew up around it and no they're like, no, that's CBD. And you know, they, they don't know what they're talking about, but like, I'll be using something and and resin. That's my son. He'll say something and my daughter will be like, Oh, that's, that's CBD. It's fine. Or, you know, (laughs) they think they know a little bit. It's pretty funny, but yeah, we've, always just been honest and also we're in a community where like every like our school probably half the parents were growers so when our friend's son told the teacher my dad grows flowers that you smoke (laughs) in kindergarten or in first grade which he did the assistant just told my friend she she was like oh I just want to let you know what your son is telling people so (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like now people are you know coming out as it's becoming legal I'm on the school board I had to go to the principal and say like I was nervous I felt like a little like high schooler going to the principal or the superintendent it's a small school district there's just our school in the district so I was like I just want to let you know that I'm involved in cannabis and uh, <laughs> you know, I was like all nervous. <laughs> like but was my the God, I was in trouble with the superintendent. He was like, Oh, that's fine. He had, like literally nothing. He's like, Okay. Cause I just we had like some cases coming up where we were being asked as a school board to sign off on these permits because you cannot cultivate within six hundred feet of a school bus and our school bus was in 600 feet so they were asking us to sign off and i was like i'm totally going to get called out like at some point here on this in this group so i just like confessed basically <laughs> confess. and and now it's just Whatever, it's legal. What can I say? not a thing. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, he was just like, okay, thanks for letting me know. I have no problems with the industry or anything. And that it never even came up in the end. We didn't have to sign or anything. I don't know what happened. Anyways, it's been interesting on that level. So, um, but we're now open and just we are who we are. The first time my picture was printed in a magazine with a full size article, you know, about our products and our farm, I literally didn't sleep all night. I was like, oh. Were you nervous? I, yeah, it stressed me out because you know you've been hiding for twenty years and like we. Every year on the farm, we'd get the call, like, there's a convoy going up the road, and we're hi- you know, hiding everything, and just the stress. You didn't want to go to jail. No, right? exactly. People are, like, running off into the woods to hide. And luckily, we never got into any trouble. So most of our friends did. A lot of people did. And it, it ended up mostly people – like, not many people
0: – well, I shouldn't say. I know people that went to jail, so I don't know. Is that kind of like unfair to an extent yeah. that, like, a few years ago, people yeah, were going to jail exactly. for growing, and now people can do it legally. Oh, yeah. what is,
1: uh, it's that's kind of it's, like, it's hard because <laughs> a lot of the people that are put in the time and went to jail uh, don't have their farms anymore because they cannot not deal with legalization, and now like the corporate huge corporations with money have the huge operations that are able to stick through it the first four years and lose money. And it's a lot for a small brand. So, and a lot of these farmers don't know business. They were out in the Hills, not keeping records they're good farmers. They grow amazing weed, but they don't know how to get a permit. And they, I had friends that paid $24,000 for consultants to get a farm what? permit. And then, that's not even the no, and then the, no, that's not even paying for the permits. That's just to have them help you get it. And then the company like failed in the middle and left everyone hanging. It's like, story after story like that of the like little farmers that put in the time and are really have the green thumb that aren't you know making it and you know about the plant exactly they've been out the there for 20 years they know how to grow they just don't know how to navigate the system so we've lost a lot of people like that unfortunately and i think that that's another reason you just need to know your brand because when you're looking at, this is a plant and when you grow it on 40 acres, it will not be the same as a small craft grow where someone's out there attending and putting energy into those plants. So it's a plant that responds to people and yeah. input. So if yeah. you know, you're know you just barely doing what it needs, it won't. The product won't be as good. So, buying craft and smart at supporting the small brands is really important.
0: So, I'm so glad you said that. I think that's so important. And people, I often say it because I hate the big ass brands yeah. that have the Apple Store dispensaries. Yeah, exactly. Like, there are people who are in jail or mm-hmm. who went to jail over this plant. Yeah. There are you know black and brown communities yeah. that are disenfranchised oh, yeah. because of it. Yeah. And you know, and then you're charging like sixty five dollars for an eight, and it's know. just like what the actual fuck do you think you're doing? Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's hard. And it's hard for us too because we have to charge that much because we sell it for $15 and they mark it up to 65 and the distributor takes 30% and the packaging is more expensive and there's no... You know, write us on and on. So um, it's just uh, pretty. The taxation, is it's overtaxed. And there's too few stores. We need to get more stores. So there's less. I mean, there's like 500 stores in California. That's crazy. There needs to be more. People need to get medicine cheaper.
0: And, yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And, but I mean, if it's costing you a grit to actually get it to the point where you can actually legally sell exactly. it. Exactly. And a dispensary. Yeah. Know? And testing. You got to make and a profit.
1: It costs $600 a test. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: you have to make money.
1: You yeah. Know? It's exactly. A yeah. It's a and it's, it's hard because you have clients that are like, I, I need the CBD for my. Seizures, but I can't afford $70 every week or whatever. So you're like, oh. Oh, And we did help a lot of people. We have uh, one friend who's a paraplegic and he takes like hero, hero doses of CBD, like a 1000 milligrams a day. um, Because he is in constant pain. I didn't know that like he's feels pins and needles all the time, like when your feet fall asleep, kind of. Um, He's not just like no feeling he's constantly pins and needles. So he's just like, always in pain and cbd is the only thing that really helps him sleep so he takes these huge doses but who can afford a thousand milligrams a day that's so expensive so we make him this like concentrated olive oil so he just takes like just straight cbd and olive oil so we do try to do our best to like help the people that can't and it, we have been in the past a lot with cannabis. Like, we would donate all the time. And our local dispensary had a program where, if you couldn't afford it, they had growers donating, like, you know, yeah. bee buds that are so great medicine, but just not as beautiful or whatever. And they would give it free to these pain patients. And um, so, we were participating in that. And now you can't really do that because of the laws, and it's really sad. But, um, I think people are working around it. They did just pass another law, I think, where it makes it easier to sample products at least so you can get it into the hands of the people that are selling it. And I think it's slowly changing. But like our lawyer said, they're still working on the laws regarding alcohol prohibition. There's still lawsuits over that. So it'll be a while. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> As with everything with yeah. the government, it's always
1: a process. Exactly, <laughs> and they usually don't know what they're talking about. They made all these rules. You're like, this is a non-toxic plant, and yeah. you're making me like follow all these rules, and I'll just go have a beer with my kids, whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, what's next for you guys? Like, what's next for? The brand you said that you have the store, yep. and, and how can people get in touch with you and, sure. and find out more? Um,
1: well, a great place is our website. We're at kiskanu.com K I S K A N U, um, is our hemp site where you can order our hemp products. And then we have kiskanucannabis.com, and you can read about our THC products there as well as. Find the dispensaries that we're in and um yeah, read more about us. And then we're on Instagram at Kiskanoo. We're on Facebook a little, but I don't know, we don't do that as much. Um and oh what was your other question? Sorry, <laughs> you said one other thing. So, <laughs> what's next? Oh what's next, thanks. <laughs> the dispensary is our biggest thing that we're really excited about. That will be in Eureka on the 101. So if you're driving through Eureka, you will see us. We're the first thing you come to north of town. Um, And it will be a curated selection of products featuring Kiskanu, obviously. And then mostly products that i love so <laughs> um things that i use and approve of and we'll have edibles concentrates and then a, a wide variety of local flour with a focus on sun-grown flour and uh drinks we'll have you know whatever people want we'll carry but um i'm definitely trying to keep it you know organic and local and uh really quality products, like a nicely curated selection. So um, we're doing that. We're going to the Luxury Meets Cannabis Conference in New York again. Um, We're invited to be a part of that. Um, We will be at the Hall of Flowers in Palm Springs in early April. We have a few new products we're launching. We're looking to work with some travel groups to get our products and some, like, in-flight samplers. And then what else are we doing? Just putting out fires, I think.
0: I'm here now. Well, thank you so much for, seriously, all of your work. And your products are amazing. and. I just wish all the best for you, seriously, because I'm going to be using this face oil until the end of time. Well, thank you
1: so much. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And I do think if like once you try it, you'll like it. So everyone just try it. And I love feedback and I love to hear from people and um, we love to educate. And if anyone wants information or anything, I am a cannabis therapy consultant and I'm very educated about how to use cannabis and using it medically and lots of creative ways to use cannabis. So um, I think there's a, way that she can help most people so um
0: yeah yeah you're so right i mean thank you for, so much for speaking with me and for sharing your story and for being so open i think people are really gonna they're gonna love this awesome. <laughs> i really
1: appreciate you having me and taking the time to listen and learn more about kiss canoe
0: yes 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 guys check them out no like seriously check out kiss canoe right now. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Blunt Boy Mama podcast. This is season two. I am so happy to be bringing this to you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear next week's episode, which will be airing next Thursday. Yeah. If you like what you're hearing, then you should definitely share this podcast for a friend, for a cousin, with a family member. Uh, and if you really feel it, you know, if you like it, then you should leave a review on it. <laughs> if you like it, then you should leave a review on it <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. That is where you are able to rate and review this podcast. If you enjoy it, I would love that. Thank you in advance if you are, which I know you are. Doing that. <laughs> also, follow Blunt Boy Mama on Instagram. Follow Blunt Boy Mama on Twitter. Follow BBM Clothing Line on Instagram, which is Blunt Boy Mama merch. That's where you can shop it, buy it, cop it. Tag me in it. Tag BBM Clothing Line in it, and get featured on Blunt Boy Mama's page. Yeah, check it out. You guys are already loving it, but I love it too. So, like. Of course you guys are going to love it. I would not be giving y'all something that's like shit. It's not shit. It's the shit. It's dope. Some dope ass merch. So you should definitely check it out. And you can also like Blunt Boy Mama on Facebook. You can become a Blunt Boy Mama patron by clicking the link at the top of the page on bluntboymama.com backslash podcast. Y'all, you know, I'm high. <laughs> and once you do that, you'll see a link at the top of the page. It says page that says click here to become a Blunt Boy Mama patron. And there you can sign up and for as little as $2 (laughs) and you can get up to three extra episodes of the podcast a month. You get shout outs here on the podcast. You will also get free merch. I mean, need I say more? You're able to communicate with me directly. Come on. So it's a really, it's a good deal. And at the end of the day, you know that you're supporting a black woman's podcast, a black mom's podcast. And it means the world to me to have, the support of the patrons i do have thank you so much you guys and i appreciate all of you guys' support and everything and all the love and all the messages i read them all Um, so thank you so much for all of your support thank you for listening until next time bye